I'd rather be right here this morning than any place I know. Had you? I'm telling you, I had. I'd rather be right here with you folks and enjoy this time of worship and thank you. You know, as we've, uh, we've done a lot, of, a lot of old songs today, Brother Tommy, uh, that shows you're not uh, as young as you think you are. You know those songs. But you know, I, I, as we sang those songs, I just rem was reminded, and I, nothing against worship today, absolutely not. I love the worship songs. I sing along just as loudly as I can, enjoying every bit of it. But I was reminded of the difference in the average Christian today than what it was yesteryear. What's important to us? What do we spend our time on? What are we longing for? What is our hope? What is our security? What is, what is our future? You know, we had no, no problem answering those questions in yesteryear. Because every time we met to worship, we were reminded through the music and through the preaching of what was ours in Christ Jesus, how valueless the things of this world are, and how valuable the things of God are to us in our lives and our hope. We were reminded all the time of the hope that we have is not of this world, it's of the world to come. We were reminded that the, the hope that we have is not in the things that we have here, but the things we're promised there. And the church used to sing and talk about and long for the going home to be with Jesus. I can remember from my younger years, real young years, I think I've told you before, I used to sit right here on the front pew uh, when I was a little boy. I sat under the spout where the glory runs out. And I'd just sit right there, and I'd get spit on by the preacher because we were in a small country church, and he wasn't any further away from me than the front of this altar table here. And I, I stood right. Matter of fact, he called my name all the time while he was preaching, not to get on to me either, all right? He'd call my name out. He said, isn't that right, Ricky? Don't you call me Ricky, but he did. And I, I remember those days, and as, even as a small child before I was ever saved, Deeply planted within my heart was the understanding of the hope that the children of God have of a land that is fairer than day. The hope we have of what we used to call the sweet by and by. The strength we draw from the promises of God of everlasting life on a place or in a place where Jesus, the light thereof, not even any need of the sun to shine because he lightens that place by his presence. I'm thankful that that hope that was planted in my childhood heart and the childishness that I experienced in growing up and the things that I enjoyed as a child, those things planted in my heart and my mind have never failed me. They're as truthful today as they were when that old Baptist preacher used to preach them to me as a little boy. And I guess Brother Eldridge probably included me in every sermon he ever preached because he called my name all the time. Listen to this, boy, or listen to this, preacher, or Ricky. 
And I just was engrossed in the things of God. You know, the psalmist says, I was young once. I've been young, now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging for bread. And the hope that was planted in my heart as a young boy, listen to me, kids. The hope that was planted in my heart as a young boy and as a teenager, that the things of this world will pass away. And the problems of this life will soon be over. And the joys that await, await me could not compare to what we have here because they're so superior to what we know in this life. That hope lingers in my heart more deeply planted and more steadfastly in control than my boyish ears ever heard them say from the pulpit. How are you spending your life? What are you doing with your life? What are you doing with what you have? What are you doing with your home? What are you doing with your family? What, what are you doing with your possessions? What are you doing with your employment? What are you investing in? Are you investing in the things of the world or are you investing in the things of God? Are you investing in tomorrow and hoping that it's going to be there for you? Or are you investing in eternity knowing that it's going to be there for you? Are you investing in other people and their lives and, and knowing that you can make a difference and they too can be looking forward to a home going and being with Jesus for eternity? Or are you just passing them by and you just figured everybody ought to be able to go to hell on the way they want to? Or do you spend your life ministering to others, caring for others, reaching out to them, sharing with them the truth of God's word, the hope of his word, the hope of eternity, the hope of heaven, and the joy of knowing Jesus? Jesus is speaking in the sixth chapter of Matthew, beginning in verse 19. And he says this long passage here, we're going to read together. But boy, is it absolutely packed with information, with encouragement and warnings. Listen to what Jesus says. Listen to it as though he's speaking it to you this very morning rather than to those followers of yesteryear. Because I believe with all of my heart that the Word of God is just as fresh, just as truthful, just as applicable in our lives today as it was in the lives of those that he spoke it afresh to or freshly spoke it to them back then. Jesus said, beginning in verse 19 of Matthew 6, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and, rust, moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, now Jesus is saying this, 
For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon or man. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. Whoa. After laying that down so firmly, Jesus said, therefore, because that's the truth, what I've tried to tell you, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you worrying can add one inch to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Uh-oh. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet say to you, I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Jesus is getting down that personal, isn't he? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the heathens seek. For your heavenly Father knows what you need, that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all, listen to that, all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Where your treasure is. Where is your treasure? You say, oh, I knew you were going to be talking about money this morning. No, where is your treasure? If your treasure is money, you really are in trouble anyway. I mean, not only in spiritual sense, but in the market today. If your treasure is money, whoo, you're hurting today. But where is your treasure? If you have a child or a grandchild in the service, just glance over at them a minute and think, <laughs> there's my treasure. If you have a husband or wife here today, look over at them and think for a minute, there's my treasure. If you have a dear friend sitting next to you, just glance over at them and say, oh, oh there's my treasure. I saw a lot of response to that. 
You're my treasure. Can I tell you, there's not a day that goes by that God does not speak to my heart and remind me that you are my treasure. I treasure Dalreda Baptist Church. And I'm not talking about these buildings. I treasure the membership of this church. I treasure every one of you. Sometimes you probably wonder, I wonder if the pastor really knows it. Does he care? I want you to know, he might not know everything, but he cares. And he cares about you, but not nearly so as your heavenly father. God cares about you. He wants to meet your need. He wants to bless you. He wants your life to be filled with this presence and with joy and that your cup would be running over with the joy of the Lord and the blessings that he throws out on your life and gives to you day in and day out. And sometimes we just need to stop and think and praise him for the little things. Let me just give you an example. I'm just going to tell on myself here. I, uh, Millie and I have had gardens in the past, and we... We've enjoyed doing that. Matter of fact, before we were ever married, her grandfather, they lived down in Crenshaw County, looked at me, he says, Rick, can you garden? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He said, you see that big old John Deere tractor right there? I said, yes, sir. He said, you see that little Ford Cub in there? I said, yes, sir. He said, they're used here for you to use. I want you to plow up that, plow up that field back yonder. And I want you to turn that land over, and I want you to work it several times, and I want you to plant it with that little cub. I've got a planter for it, two-row planter, and I want you to plant it. I want you to plant a huge garden, and I want you and Melly to start your life off when you get married with a freezer slam full of fresh vegetables that you raised, that y'all picked, that you shelled, and that you creamed, and you put in the freezer, and you won't have to buy any groceries for the first year you're married. Well, we did. But as God would have it in my life, and knowing that I'd worked so hard on that garden, and I did, I went down every day after work from Montgomery, drove down to Crenshaw County, and I worked that garden. There's one of Mel's cousins over here. Kyle, you weren't around then, but I did. And I, I went down every day, and we grew that. And I'm telling you, you're talking about a wonderful garden. Just God blessed it. It was, so, it was so productive. But as only God would have it, I was really dreading creaming all that corn. I was dreading going down there and pulling. You know, it's hot in the cornfield. When you get between two rows of corn, the wind just doesn't blow there, folks. I know I worked in the cornfields for Dr. Wise down in Tifton, Georgia, uh, at an experiment station. I got in there. I know what it's like. And I was dreading that. And as you have it, we got married on July the 20th. We went on our honeymoon. And July the 21st, the corn came in. And my ma-in-law and pa-in-law had to harvest it and cream it and put it in the freezer for us. I'm telling you the truth. I came back so blessed. But we did fill up the freezer. I'm telling you what completely filled it up. So we decided to have a garden up where we are now. And I've worked it. I've turned the land. I, 
My tractor's not big enough to turn it deep, so my neighbor across the road came over and turned it twice for me and got it all loose, and I worked it with my little tractor, and, but I had to plant it by hand. I finished planting the last row yesterday about two. I'm cleaning up the tools, and I felt a drop of rain. Lord, have mercy. I got excited. I got up everything, put it away. I was afraid the fertilizer was going to get wet. I'd already spread it, and I, I got it on, the, on the, uh, the trailer, and I took it all back to the pole barn and got it under there, and I got in my truck, and I said, you know what? I'm just going to go up there and watch God water my, my garden. And I'm sitting there in the truck, and the rain's coming down, a good, steady, soft rain. And I looked out there, and I could see peas and butter beans. And I went, oh, no. The pl- I didn't get them deep enough. The rain washed the soil off of them, and they're not going to germinate. And in the rain, I got out of my truck and ran down to the pole barn, came back up with a with a rake, garden rake, and I was going out there to rake over those seeds. But when I got out in the garden, they weren't the seeds. The seeds had germinated, and there were the little plants pushing up through the soil. I stood in the middle of my garden, and I don't know if you believe in dancing, but I believe in dancing before the Lord, and I just got me a holy dance going. And I sang to the Lord. I had me a shouting, singing, testifying, preaching good time right out in the middle of that raining in that garden. And I just said, thank you, Jesus. You know I'm dumb, but you took care of me. You know what I did while ago was stupid, Lord, but you knew you'd already taken care of those seeds. You'd already made them germinate, and they came forth. What are you laying up? Where do you turn? Who do you give the glory to for what you've accomplished and what you have? How long has it been since you just stopped in the middle of your garden of life? In the middle of the seeds you have sown in your life? In the middle of the work that you've done, raising kids, raising grandchildren, children, and the neighbors that are around you and friends, how long has it been since you just thanked him for the harvest that he's given you, for your life, for your works, your labors? Who have you invested your life in? The things of God or the things of the world? Where your treasure is reveals, first of all, your past motives. Why have you done what you've done? If you trusted in God or trusting in our material things, it will be revealed by where we are making our investments. If your treasure is laid up on earth, you will be worldly minded. Be careful. 
more concerned about fitting in in this world and having what this world has and, and acting like the world, dressing like the world, doing things like the world. You'll be more concerned about fitting in to the world if you're investing in the things of the world. You'll allow the world's standard of living and the world's value system or lack thereof to influence your life. And the world's philosophy of life, the world's moral standards, or again, the lack thereof, control your decision-making process. You get caught up in what is important to the world rather than what's important to God. If your treasure is laid up in heaven, you will be spiritually minded You'll be reminded of, uh, of what God gives to you. As I, as I broke out in dance and song in the middle of that little garden yesterday, you'll re be reminded that every blessing that you have is from Him. I'm reminded of that. The children that Melly and I enjoy, and we've raised them, and the two little grandsons, little knotheads we have, they're such a blessing because He's given them to us. And we understand that he is the one who gives us what we have. You don't have to be a rich man to invest in foolish things. You can be a poor man as far as the wealth of the world and still invest what God's given you in worldly things. Are you more consoled about the, concerned about the souls of men? Are you concerned about the church moving forward? Are you concerned about meeting the needs of your staff members and, and those that labor here? Are you concerned about meeting the needs of the people in the community that are around us and God's given us a charge to take care of? Your past motives are revealed by what you consider valuable. And important. Where your treasure is reveals your present manners. Earth busy, making a living. Worried about getting enough hours in to pay the bills. Does your financial situation, whether good or bad, concern you more than the salvation of your next door neighbor? Or bring it more at home? than your children or grandchildren. Sometimes I can remember folks saying they could not even enjoy their kids' Christmas because they were more worried about how they were going to recover from spending all that money. Or are you heaven busy? Serving God Trusting Him. One's attitude about serving God through the local church will reveal where they are investing their lives. You don't have to be working for $1,000 a day to be laying up treasures, whether on earth or in heaven. Even on minimum wage, you can... Invest your ways and your talents and your gifts and your earnings 
and God working in your, in your life will be revealed by your willingness to serve him. Where your treasure is reveals your future moves. Look at verses 25 through 31. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on it. Is life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Your, your heavenly Father feeds them are you not more valued than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one inch to his height? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Serving and giving will add to your treasure's value. Heavenly invested treasures only appreciate in value and never, ever depreciate. Where your earthly treasure requires additional money for upkeep and repairs, your heavenly treasure never needs maintenance. Jesus has built it. Who can know the countless souls that will be won to Christ in the years to come through your faithfulness and giving to the local church and through the local church, the Lottie Moon Christmas offering for souls can hear about Jesus on various parts of the planet or to the Annie Armstrong Easter offering where North American folks can hear about Jesus and come to faith in him. Nobody knows where that dollar is valued. You, nobody can understand how what we give to the Lord and invest in his business and his ministry, how it reaps a harvest for years to come. Our lives spent in service in the local church. Our lives being given away day in and day out. Our lives being given to others by the time that we use to minister to them and help them and, 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 and be there for them with a listening ear, with a caring attitude. The time that we spend investing in the lives of those that we don't even know 
and trying to minister in the community and, and caring about folks. We will not know until eternity the value of those investments. But they never depreciate. Never. If you have a retirement fund, guess what? It has greatly depreciated in the last few months. If you're counting on the things of this world to meet your needs for tomorrow, the value of the dollar has gone up, the market's gone down. The financial situation in the world is, is the most, in the most unstable condition it's been in in my life. And yet, Jesus said, worrying will not add one bit to the life that you live. Concerning yourself with the things of this world and the things that you think you'll need for tomorrow and getting yourself in a worried condition about those, what does it profit you? Don't you know that our Heavenly Father has promised to meet our every need, to take care of us and to bless us in all the years of our life? And everything we invest our life in that's not of this world. <coughs> grows. Becomes more and more valuable. And only eternity will know. The difference. That we made where we put the treasures of our life, our time, our talents, our money, our world. What is your life? But it's all said and done. What is your life? When it's all said and done, what is the worth of your life? Let me say it another way. When it's all said and done, what is the worth of the way you live your life? songwriter had it right when he says only in giving do we receive only in diminishing do we grow only in trusting do we prosper let's pray Father, thank you for your word.
Thank you for the simplicity of your word. The words that we've looked at today from your word. <laughs> Nothing hard to understand about it. You don't need a doctoral degree to be able to explain what you said. But we do need a submissive spirit, spirit to experience what you've said. May we so live. May we reap the benefits of trusting and serving to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.